Yeah. It does feel a little bit like getting the perfect attendance award, though. It's like, it does. <laughs> it does. <laughs>podcast where we swear to talk about the philly union the whole philly union and nothing but the philly union with as few digressions as possible we are your host i'm paul i'm c and i'm eric this week we have a couple of um you know updates the podcast is coming along we're almost a full fully fledged podcast we're on pretty much every system now uh apple is coming soon just got a couple more hurdles we got to get through with that. But the big news is we have an official website now. Yay. Okay, I'm the only one doing that. Okay. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> well, I just said it, so I really can't cheer for myself. But uh, yeah, if you visit uh, amorephillyunion.com, you will get to the, the podcast website. Uh, you'll be able to look at all of our current and, and past podcast episodes. You can download them directly there. Um, you can also listen to them, stream them live. And we, and we are available in all of your regular podcast feeds on everything, like we said, except for right now, Apple Podcasts. So we'll keep you posted when we get that up on up and running. Uh, since we've got the website up and running now, we've now got our email addresses all up and running. Yeah, uh, dang it. <laughs> the general address for the for the podcast, if you'd like to reach out to us, is pod at amorephillyunion.com. Um, you can also feel free to reach out to, to, to us individually at E at and C at and Paul at, but pod will get definitely get it there and will help us know that you're actually re- listening to us so feel free to shoot us a message um whatever you'd like to say yeah okay. well uh questions whatever we can definitely address things in podcast um so yeah, yeah absolutely we'll give yeah. us ideas so mm-hmm. throw anything you want our way absolutely and one of these days maybe, maybe uh, an idea for afterwards I'll add it to the notes. Uh, thanks okay. for <laughs> thanks everybody for listening in though. Uh, you know, our numbers have been pretty steady. Yeah. It's so. been a pretty good week. Actually. I think our most recent episode, episode six has like over half of all of our total traffic just over the most recent episode. So thanks everyone for tuning in. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, and good call. Cause we've improved since the first one. So. <laughs> oh, Lord, yes. So much better. <laughs> but yes feel free to tell friends if, if you know, know anybody who's into the union and or just wants to listen to some people ramble on about soccer and in, in philadelphia uh definitely send them the link uh to either the website and, and so they can stream or, or to the youtube channel or whatever wherever you are listening would be appreciated uh as far as apple tv uh this past weekend you know i watched it i watched it on apple tv i i just turned on the audio from the local station because i couldn't deal with the apple announcers that you know they weren't terrible but they just it just i never realized once again how good jp telecamera and his wrote his his rotating cast of of, of color commentators were yeah like, i don't know who from the union recruited them and brought in that talent but they did an amazing job and i'm not saying that the ones for apple won't get there but it's Mm -hmm. definitely a big drop off yeah it's um interesting you say that because uh um world soccer talk um actually rated apple's 
first month or so of coverage. Um, and if you're interested in reading that, uh, it is up on our Twitter, um, as is um, some information on how to listen to the local um, commentators through Apple TV. Um, so uh, check that out. Um, but uh, I'm just curious to see what what people think about the coverage. You know that E and I have had some struggles. Um, Eric and I, I should say, um, have had some struggles. Um, but this week, um, we actually attended the game, so it wasn't as big an issue. But uh, then also the replay worked. So <laughs> almost. Uh, well, well. It, yeah, it did. I mean, um, we all, we had no commentary at all. <laughs> Very. That's okay. Except in Spanish, uh, which unfortunately we don't speak well enough to get that much out of. Um, but um, uh, didn't really matter uh, since we were there. And that recap was was all we really needed this week. But um, so hopefully on an upward trajectory with that. So we do have two games to cover for this week. We have the one from Saturday when Sporting Kansas City came to town. And then we have the one that just wrapped up about five, ten minutes ago mm-hmm. against uh, the first first half of the game against Atlas. So talking about Saturday's game, Sporting Kansas City came to town and, um, you know, Kansas City had not been doing very well this season. You know, it was interesting in the uh, in the notes from the from the game. Peter Vermees is the longest tenured coach in MLS with 15 seasons. Wow, coaching uh, SKU, and Curtin is number two in this being his tenth season with the Union. Wow, so, yeah, it was kind of interesting. The two long term coaches coming in to face each other. And, and, you know, the hope was that Kansas City would be, a you know, a, a, not an easy team to beat. They're never easy to beat. Um, they've got they but they only had two ties coming into the week uh, with three losses. And mm-hmm. so it seemed like a good opportunity for the union to get a win. And, you know, not spoilers, spoilers. You know, we didn't get any. We didn't give up a goal, but we didn't score a goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, quick side question. Bruce Arena, isn't he up there with uh not for one team. For oh for that, one team. Okay. I gotcha. Think that's the distinction, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I just want to no, I, mean, I, I gotta point. imagine Arena has close to 15 years of absolutely yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Peter Ramirez has been at Kansas City's forever. I mean, obviously. Well, MLS is Dennis Quaid. MLS is Dennis Quaid. That's yeah. Right. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, yeah, we were at the game, and uh, fortunately, we, we did our traditional uh, dinner at IKEA before the game. Um, <laughs> highly, and highly recommended. Highly recommended. Got to get your meatballs. Yep. Uh, but the weather was pretty nasty, actually, on Saturday. We had some thunderstorms biblical uh, yeah. weather come through i literally have biblical written down and it, it was biblical in various ways throughout the night but you we just were in ikea watching the storm roll in and it was not looking good yeah we were eating meatballs and, and checking twitter updates for game delays and right. when we saw it was delayed we decided to just get another cup of coffee and we'll just wait <laughs> um so the game Shelter started about an hour and a half uh, behind schedule um temperature absolutely dropped uh, still, you know, still fairly comfortable, but man, that wind, that wind was, it affected the game. It, it absolutely, absolutely affected the game. It, it just, it just was on a, a steadily increasing trajectory throughout the whole thing. By the end, it was just untenable. It was uh, good. It ended when it did. 
Yeah. Um, for, I'm not, for us and for everyone else involved. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure where to put this in the, uh, the, the game recap, but you could seriously see players not being able to judge how any sort of long shot would actually go. You know, if you're trying to right. just send a nice arcing lob down the field to get to your guy running on the wing, this ball would, if the wind so. was at your back, it would blow like into the sun's event and then vice versa. You try to pass the or you know send the ball up the field, and it gets like half the distance and basically falls to the ground vertically almost. And I mean, uh, nonsensically, I found myself thinking a few times: is, is the ball actually going to come down? Because it just seemed like it yeah. was staying up, and I I know that's impossible, but still. Yeah, I do wonder because there was another game this weekend. I forget if it was the Seattle game or one of the LA games where they had sustained winds of like 45 miles per hour. And I I don't remember which one it was, but I wonder where, where the winds were worse because you're right. I mean, it, it it was, there was tornado warnings in Philadelphia Mm -hmm. and we did get hail up near where I live and you know, there were definitely, you know, usually if there's hail, that probably means there was a, there was a tornado. It may not have formed a cloud of a funnel, but it probably was a tornado who blew through mm-hmm. parts of it. Yeah. So, yeah. It was, it was crazy, but as for the game, you know, big news, yep. uh, Wagner apparently got injured before the game. So he wasn't able to play, but Blake came back. Yay. Which... Yes. <laughs> Still the only one. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, but I mean, that was, that's huge. I mean, the guy came back in like three weeks, uh, you know, as far as a muscle strain of any sort, that's really a fast uh, recovery. Now he didn't end up taking any goal kicks that I saw, mm-hmm. which was smart because they didn't want to have him strain uh, that, that groin muscle again. Mm-hmm. But it was good to see Blake back. It, it just kind of made the whole, whole team and then the crowd just more comfortable. And also having a defender like Jacob Klesnes with his foot, it would almost make sense even if when Blake is fully healed, still just let Klesnes send the ball down the field. <laughs> but no, it was great seeing him back in that. And, and the crowd erupted when he he was announced. So definitely, mm-hmm. I mean, without question, fan favorite. And and definitely a few times during a game, you could hear little pockets of the crowd chant, chanting MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, good. They could hear me from home. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, it was a pretty much a starting starting 11, a first 11 lineup. Um, you know, obviously with Wagner out, they put, I think it was Harriel. It was in for that side. And then for uh, for some reason, Jim took out Mbizo, Um for, Yeah. I think it was for Real. I forget. Yeah. Might, mm-hmm. I might have the, the side switched on that with Harriel and Real. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but they, I guess he was expecting that they'd be able to generate enough power, enough offensive power without Mbizo. And, you know, I guess Sporting Kansas City was bringing back, was it Johnny Russell, I think, who was apparently a pretty good attacker. So, you know, the the bonus defense made some sense in that, in that game. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, um, you know, it, 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 you know, they did, they struggled to, to get anywhere upfield in the first half. Now, some of that, like you said, is probably the wind, the wind. And I don't know with the torrential downpours that kind of mm-hmm. came with those before we got there before, before the, the game. Yeah. Game, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause it was raining 
you know, cats and dogs. It was really coming down. I remember just even saying to Christy, I I felt like both teams, actually, it felt like they had a hard time calibrating how the ball is going to move over the grass itself. Because a lot of times passes came up short and they were intercepted by the other team or trying to overcompensate, thinking that the ball is going to need a little extra momentum to get further down the field. And maybe with the wind at its back, it went even farther and the player couldn't get to it. It just, it felt like a lot of the passing was just a little off. They couldn't calibrate the, the, the level of power they needed on, um, on their passes. Yeah. Um, I mean, no excuse, but it just felt like it. It's like, ah, that path just, you know, and I feel like maybe parts of the turf were, you know, some parts are, were more soggy than others. And I don't know, they were kind of playing on a, swiss cheese of mm-hmm. of surface oh, now to be fair the union also just have not been very good so far this season yes that connecting too. a lot of yeah. their passes right. yeah absolutely uh, absolutely you know um, um they do strike quickly and they try to make quick you know two three four passes mm-hmm. to try to get a shot off but the last few weeks that's been a real struggle for them whether mm-hmm. that was weather or not um you know, it just seems that they've been having that issue. There's there was a lot going on in this game. I mean, like uh, none of this is denying the fact that they have had, as as I saw earlier, a mess start to the season. But um, you know, between uh, them not connecting any weather related oddities, and then I personally felt in the vein of of one of our very dear friends whose father was a FIFA ref. Hey, if you happen to be listening, mm-hmm. pal, um, won't mention his name because I'm not sure if he'd like that. But um, uh, that the ref was really, really, uh, as our friend would say, inserting himself in the game. Um, his friend's philosophy is if you notice the ref a lot, then he's not doing he or she is not doing their job well. Uh, and I was really noticing this ref, and not just you know, it's not one of those like, um. Things where, uh, oh, they're going to call him making calls against us. So I'm mad. But it just, um, I, I really felt like he was on stage a lot and I didn't, I didn't care for it. There was a lot of stops in play and, and I don't know. It just, it seemed uh, like overkill to me. It's almost I, like if, um, they say the art of compromise is that both parties walk away feeling a little, uh, angry. But not with refing, right? And it felt like both teams were getting mad at the ref. And I always find like when that happens, it's like, ooh, you know, like I look, like I'm not a ref, so I may it's very possible I don't know what I'm talking about, but it really felt like the the tempo of the game was being interrupted by yes, the, the referee. Absolutely. To a certain degree. To a certain degree. I, I thought so too. And again, not blaming him for the, you know, the ultimate result. But just yeah. don't think it helps. Um, I also would say that uh, Kansas definitely looked to clog things up and, and make it really difficult for the union to try to make any sort of forward passes. Um, there were limited space, limited opportunities to play back passes. Uh, and there was an interesting, I think it was Tannenwald, one of the Philly union um uh media people that follow them and try to try to keep the Philly Union coverage happening uh posted a a, a quote from Vermees talking about how 
union are known quantity you know the the rest of the league recognizes them as one of the top teams so whether we're playing at home or we're going somewhere to visit another team those teams come at us with high intensity Mm -hmm. you know it's not it may not be playoff level intensity but for a lot of them they're trying to make a statement by taking it to one of the best teams in the in the league Mm -hmm. even though the union's current standings don't show that um, they're respected and mm-hmm. you know the, the boys aren't just playing against every team they're playing against the best that those teams have to offer mm-hmm. what do you guys think about um so i think he also alluded to the playbook kind of being out there mm-hmm. um so what, what do you guys think about that i i mean do you think we're still playing like we're underdogs um in, in a negative way like not not in that in that uh, hungry dog run faster kind of way, but more like, oh, they don't know our secrets when actually they do. They being the other teams. all of the MLS. Yeah, yeah no, I much. think there is something to that. Like you mm-hmm. know, we're not we have to be more than a one trick pony. You know, the, the it's it can't be. Um, you know, soccer tactics are a little bit nebulous because it is such a free flowing game. Mm-hmm. Right. You can't really structure it the way you would with American football or, you know, even to an extent hockey and basketball where you have fewer moving parts, you, you can kind of structure them a little more rigidly. Um, with 11 people on such a large field, your players have to adapt. Like you can set up, all right, well, you know, we're going to, we're going to push it up the right side. Like the union do a lot with Bedoya and Olivia uh, and Bizo, you know, who's going to overlap when, um, how are the center midfielders going to move out? There's things that they can do, but they even need to start thinking about, all right, what other tactics, what other formations can we throw out there that give us different, different attacking options, different defending options so that, we can change. We don't necessarily need to adapt to fight to to face particular opponents, but we can pick a different one of our playing styles to go after them that we're where we think that it would be most effective against a particular team. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where Curtin. Yeah. It's going to be a tough challenge for Curtin as a mm-hmm. coach. He's got to teach the guys different styles of play and make right. sure they understand it. Like you're gonna, you could definitely see between Torres and Perea in against what was that Orlando uh mm-hmm. not this week the week before like mm-hmm. there was a huge difference in how the how the midfield played and it wasn't mm-hmm. good you know right. they're not ready for it at that point but right. yeah. mm-hmm. it's almost like you need different new and different shapes of legos to form different combinations rather than yeah. full plays like you're saying paul in 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 say american football yeah. Um, yeah. You got to switch from a from a run running game to a passing game, or you know some different. You know, keeping the American football analogy, you got right. to change the the the, the play calling uh, approach. Mm-hmm. I guess maybe as almost a backhanded compliment, as you know, a a odd sign of um, watching the Kansas City game on Saturday. It felt a little bit like the Orlando game in that they played the game in a kind of a not pretty pressing, you know, um, quick transition style. Again, it felt like the union were playing the union um, to a certain degree. Um, And I think that just dovetails to that comment that basically when teams play us, they know our 
mm-hmm. our, our game book and they're going to use it against us yeah. by playing like us, uh, yeah. which kind of, you know, uh, echoes the sentiment. You know, the only people that can actually beat us is ourselves. Right. So it's kind of, they're taking that, that, uh, that to heart, I guess, but, um, but in some of that is a kind of a compliment that, that, you know, the way to, to beat us is to play like us. Um, but now it's interesting because, you know, I, I don't know if there's any specific, we could certainly return to this Kansas city game. If you guys have something else you want to talk about it, but mm-hmm. the union for the Atlas game did come out with a different formation. They mm-hmm. went with what they mm-hmm. referred to as the, you know, what the pundits refer to as the Christmas tree, the four, three, two, one, mm-hmm. um, where they had Carranza up top and they got Torres and Gage dog playing the attacking midfield mm-hmm. roles. They got McGlynn out there mm-hmm. in, with Martinez and Bedoya in the three, three person line. And then they they let Elliot rest and put low um uh, started low in Glessness in mid in center mid or center D. Um Harriel played for Wagner and Mbizo was back on the right side uh of defense. And then of course Blake in, in net. Um so yeah, I mean it was a different style of an attack. Uh I missed the first half of the game. I kind of jumped in about the 50th minute, and um at that point. Uh, you know, it was, it was, I was kind of catching up and, and, and actually it was my son who pointed out, Hey, how'd they get a red card? And I didn't realize that they had a red card already. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the yeah, first half, you guys think? yeah, the first half, it was a little give and take. There were a couple of times when the, the union would kind of muscle through the center of the field. <laughs> I don't know if the mic picked that up. That was one of our cats destroying something Two um, furry bowling balls rolling through. Our yeah. Um, like there are times where the union could muscle through and, and um, you know, kind of fight the way up through the center of the field. Um, but then there are a couple times where Atlas absolutely caught us on the back foot and they had a breakaway and through either um, someone just getting a foot out in time to deflect a shot from going into the goal or, a line ref mercifully ruling it offside. Uh, there were a couple um, nervous making moments in that first mm-hmm. half. Um, I will say, uh, Torres, man, I really enjoy watching this guy. Mm. He just taking on two defenders, um, dribbling through people, a lot of, uh, yeah, just quick footwork. You know, so it's kind of whenever he gets the ball, it feels like the other team just can't afford to give him any space and they, they kind of collapse around him. Uh, but but again, it, that's there's no guarantee he's not coming out with the ball. Um, he made some really quick and um, wizardly-like plays. Uh, you know, it, I, I'm really I'm glad. I, I enjoy seeing him out there. Um one of those guys who must have sold his soul for the for the velcro to keep the ball on his feet at all times um yeah those kind of players are really exciting when you can see them dribble and, and just make make defenders miss it's 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 it's, it's electric yeah i i don't i don't want to get too far ahead or anything but like there's there were a couple of plays out there where like i feel like i'm kind of watching like almost some highlight reel from like messi or something just the way he just he he attacks he he goes in when there's two defenders waiting for him and he still tries to go through him. and uh i mean I, there are there are parallels there yes, yes, i mean yes. I, none of us are, are are foolish enough to, to yeah. 
call him that, but uh, well, he could be Philadelphia messy. Philadelphia, like like men and blazers often have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Asterisk, uh, messy. Like yeah, really messy. I mean, by by their, um, you know, from their canon, the Union already have uh, one or two messies, right? Uh, yeah. Aronson, yeah, Medford uh, messy, Medford messy, Hershey messy, and Hershey messy. Yeah, <laughs> it's Pulisic. But yeah, so the red card, uh, you, you kind of caught me up on that a little bit. It was a den- denial of goal scoring opportunity, a dog so red card against mm-hmm. the defender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there was a nice uh, leading pass that Gazal got to, and he was off to the races with the defenders on his heel, and it was just him and the goalie. And uh, yeah, there was a bit of a tackle, and he went down just outside the goal box, and the ref really didn't. Maybe waited half a beat and then red card came out. Wow. Uh, yeah. And yeah so one, one less Atlas player for the second return leg there. Yeah. And I think um, I heard because uh, we started setting up the recording while the game is still going on. But um, in the second half, I heard one of the announcers say like they might be down two of their starters because I heard three car- or three. So one red card and the other two were yellow card accumulations. Right. So, yeah. um, mm-hmm. I mean, hopefully that that absolutely helps us. Um, and it was interesting because it was definitely a CONCACAFI style of game. It was really physical. <laughs> the Atlas players were were definitely giving it to the Union players, but the Union yeah. players didn't back down. Yes. Um, you know, <laughs> the ankle kicks were happening on both sides. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. You want and, a street just... fight? We can have a street fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to play soccer? We can do that too. <laughs> but you know hey it ended up uh towards the what was it the 88th minute or 87th minute that the uh the union did get a pk finally called for them and um you know after the the atlas players decided to give the referee uh, you know more than his share of grief uh so much so that he had to give a yellow card to one of their players uh gosh dog was able to put it in, put it away yeah. yeah and 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 there was some nice uh <clears throat> inter-team diplomacy going on after that <laughs> PK with uh, between Gazdog and uh, one of the Atlas players. And yep. uh, they were definitely smiling a lot at each other. I'm not sure how friendly it was, but it's yeah. definitely a lot of smiling. It, it was difficult to tell what level of smileage was. In yeah. This. Yeah. Um, this is like if smiling some... like a dog before he bites you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. Got to wonder what sort of language was being exchanged down there in that in that <laughs> mess of uh, of a of a, where the teams were coming together around that penalty uh, spot. It's like I, I don't understand why referees don't just start carding like crazy when that happens. Like if, yeah. if if I was a referee and those guys were just coming all over and getting in my face, I'm like, you have three seconds to back away, or you're getting a yellow card. That's yeah. it. You know, just just put it down and just be done with it. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, just yeah, occurring yeah. to me that that uh, referees probably know how to swear in a lot of languages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that are like you gotta learn how to say you gotta knock this off now in a lot of different languages. Yeah, that too. This stops. <laughs> this stops. Um, um, <laughs> um, yeah, but you know the referee did an okay job. Uh, as, as as our buddy who was at the game since I couldn't attend tonight. Uh, he pro- he he texted me afterwards. He's like, "Hey, um, you know, I'm I'm not sure of it because we didn't see the replays in the stadium, but it feels like we could have gotten at least three more penalty yeah. kicks out of that game." 
Yeah, there were a couple calls where, because um, Stuart Holden was one of the announcers on mm-hmm. on TV, um, and they were play, showing the replay. It was that one where Carranza got taken down inside the, the goal box in the corner uh, by one of the Atlas defenders. and Right on the line, really. And Stewart's like, this is a this is a foul, or this is a this is definitely a PK, and didn't did not get awarded. And then I think uh it was moments later that uh um Gazdog got called got the penalty kick. It wasn't the penalty, it was a free kick. The free kick. That was right. That was Mm -hmm. near the end of the second the first half. Yeah. Um, and yeah, did get a couple of free kick opportunities in the second half. Yeah. Uh, you know, just couldn't quite get them on frame. Yeah. But yeah, the union ended up winning that one, one nothing. And you called that, Paul. Congrats. That's, that's right. I got that one prediction right. Yeah. So um, um, you know what you win, right? A no prize. Yeah, I have no idea, <laughs> no idea either. But <laughs> you get to say you called it. Yay. So, I, um, some, yes. Someday the 2 1 is going to come through. <laughs> someday the 2 1 will happen. Yeah, someday your prince will find yeah. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the union have uh, two more games next week. Uh, Saturday they are at Cincinnati, and then Wednesday they're at at wow. Atlas. Yeah, down in Mexico on Wednesday. Kind of merciless the schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But um, to, to that effort, uh, there was a article on uh, Philly Union. Mm. And pre- uh, Curtin talked about uh, what was it? Pressured forms diamonds. Mm. He, he's got a whole bit about in there. He says, uh, <laughs> pressure, I think pressure brings out the best in players. Mm. Playing in the biggest biggest games, such as Champions League, is where you want to be. Uh, so Curtin is, you know, he's acknowledging the fact that you know they're they're, they're they've got a lot of games, but there are a lot of a lot of the players are getting up for these games because it's an opportunity to get play against some of the biggest teams in CONCACAF and if you do well enough I mean they could literally be playing Real Madrid next year wait what yeah if they win Champions League they move on to the Club World Cup oh wow yeah the only MLS team that's made it there at all was uh Sounders and they lost to I want to believe I want to say it was a team in Turkey but if they had beaten that team in, from Turkey, they were their next opponent would have been Real Madrid. Wow. So, you know, there's definitely a big, you know, there, there's a big title on the line for that. And we'll have to see what comes with, uh, you know, playing at Cincinnati is going to be tough. You know, Pat Noonan has that team rolling. Uh, they're in first place in the East. They've got t- four wins, two draws, no losses. Yeah. Um, and, and it, it, they're a tough team. I like to think of Cincinnati as just Philadelphia West. I was just going to make this same joke. <laughs> is Gaddis still playing for them? I don't I remember. I don't know. Um, I hadn't heard he had left, but we should probably verify. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Madunian. Madunian. Thank you. But, now I did it. Yeah. Madunian. Madunian. There it is. He, he, he uh, finished up his career there mm-hmm. at Cincinnati. Yeah, good on Cincinnati. I mean, in the sense of getting a first place. Uh, I mean, enjoy it until the union take it back later. Um, <laughs> what do you want to get into some predictions at all here? Or? Yeah. Why don't we? Um, so let's take them one at a time. You want to do the Cincinnati game first at Cincinnati? You know what minus, you know what minus. You're going to go your two one. I'm sticking with it. You're sticking two one win for the union. Yes, I am. All right. 
Yes, I am. This one, I, I, I'm going to actually go one-one draw. Interesting. I, I, I think playing in in Cincinnati, they're just going to, it's going to be too tough. I don't think the they, you know, I, it, You're right. I mean, it is a road game, and and then Cincinnati on top of it. So. Yeah, and I think you know there's a chance that uh, Curtin may hold some of the players for the Atlas game in midweek. So I'm I, I I've been wrong about that in the past, so I'm not swearing by right. that. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go one one draw. E. Yeah, I'm. The fact that we had this Champions League game coming up next week, I, I definitely can see curtain holding back a lot of our usual starters to let them rest you know maybe bring them in later in the game um and i have this dark creepy feeling coming up predict your prediction you're gonna predict it you want to write it down your prediction okay Um, i'll write it down you're gonna write it down to make it official i know we said this last week um we always pick the union to win or draw no one's gonna ever pick the union to lose but I just have this like, okay, I got two competing things. One, I feel like, man, I don't know. Maybe, maybe this is, we got to go get a little low before we can start climbing up again. Um, but there's that karmic wheel, right? We lost our however many game home streak uh, to Orlando. And, you know, maybe it's time for this wheel to turn and um, put a uh, a blemish on Cincinnati's record. So, you know, let's 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 take the optimistic route here. And I'm going to say I'm going to say one nothing union in Cincinnati. Oh, interesting. I, I was probably was going to say that we're giving off the whiff of defeat. or Yeah. So I, I thought I, you were going to say one nothing loss. Yeah. I, well, I actually think I went farther than that. I went to nothing. I thought that's what you were because you were looking. You, you what were does looking, that say about me? Um, you're looking sad. Yeah, I, I don't know. I especially if we don't start our usual starter squad um in Cincinnati but they're 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 really playing well um you know I'm going to change my 0-1-1 draw I feel like that's closer to the truth so right. I'm going I'm going 1-1 hey whatever your heart tells you well whatever your heart oh no my all <laughs> right so then atlas um I, I'm going to go with a 1-1 draw at Atlas, so a 2-1 win in aggregate. I'm going to say 2-2 draw. I feel like it's going to get exciting. I feel like it's going to be a little bit of a slugfest. So and, if- and then, like, kind of uh, kind of like appropriate, like a Rocky movie, if they can make the union mad, it's going to be blow for blow. This is going to be two, two uh, giants just slugging it out. So I'm going to say 2-2 for hoping for an exciting game. Because if the Union score away, they could yeah. actually lose two to one and still win with the away goal. Rule. Yeah, yeah, which was a a good thing for tonight too. That yeah, we won one nothing with that red card, hoping for two nothing, but it's better than a two one. You know. Yep. Christy? I'm gonna go one nil us. One nil Union. Yeah, I say us because clearly I'm part of the team. Um, no, but one one nil union, and I, it, because of I normally wouldn't do this, but no, because of the um, purported slump, mm-hmm. quote unquote, and the three um, players who we anticipate to be out. True, 
Actually so uh, that's that's the, that's my reason. Normally, I wouldn't because I would think that them being at home might be uh, a bigger boost, but I, I'm not sure with those two factors. Yeah. I'll overcome yeah, with, that. with that going on, I mean, I could really see Atlas playing for a 1-0 win at home mm-hmm. and take it to penalty kicks, which always mm-hmm. favor the home team. Mm-hmm. And we've seen the Union don't want to go to PKs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, why are you bringing that up? <laughs> well, I mean, they lost the, the U.S. Open Cup. They've lost the MLS. No, I Cup. know why you're bringing it up, but you know how scarred I am. MLS Cup and your son just... who can't even watch them anymore. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I remember that U.S. Open Cup game, and every turn we're like, yeah, like they were doing the PKs, and it's like, yeah, if we lose on this shot, we're, we're just gonna leave, and like whatever. Well, he was little then. Yeah, and then you just grab Nate, like, okay, we'll see you guys. Like, like <laughs> Nate's trying to hold back those tears. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, we only had a couple of other topics. Uh, I did see that Glessness got named to the MLS team of the week Good. after the uh, the shutout against Kansas City. So that was cool. Yeah. Um, he he really put in the work in that game. He mm-hmm. really did. Yeah. I can't remember. I mean, I feel like the union must have had a few people picked for the team of the week this season but we it's the first time i think i can remember mentioning it here on the podcast i think that's probably true the first time I, that we've mentioned it i i, I don't always catch it to be honest yeah, yeah. um so um no, that's but hey good on glassness yeah know, it's good to see him getting recognized i mean the guy won the the defender of the year I'll I'll admit I'm kind of more partial to Jack Elliott than uh, Jake and Jacob Glessness. Not I'm nothing against Glessness, just I think I think Elliott plays a, a more interesting or a more appealing style of defense that, mm. to me. Um, but that's you know I just love how Elliott can spray the ball around. Now Glessness's shot is otherworldly. That, that's yeah, undeniable. Yeah. Um, and then another little t- piece of, of trivia that was shared during the <laughs> Atlas game today was that Martinez apparently has the most yellow cards of any player in the MLS, having 38 of them over the last four seasons, including three <laughs> so far this season for the Union. God bless. That guy. It's... God bless that guy. Because I think it's like the opposite. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? I think Sebastian Latou, while he was here, I he think went, he had. A, I think a Sebastian Latou had a total of three yellow yeah, cards the entire like, time he played for the Union. Single digit yellow cards. Yeah, he and actually like, won an award one year for go- playing so many minutes without getting a yellow card. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it does feel a little bit like getting the perfect attendance award, though. It's like, it does. Go ahead and get, <laughs> mad. Does. Go ahead and get mad once or yeah. once in a while. <laughs> well, that's, especially as a defender, occasionally you've got to just get in there and, and and let the other team know that they can't yeah. push you around and now martinez probably does it a little too much that's for mm-hmm. sure but um you know he's starting start, he's definitely learning to ride the edge on what the referees will let him get away mm-hmm. with. yeah i think that's absolutely true and even just you know like tonight's champions league game just having him out in that midfield i mean there's no denying what he brings to the field you know so it is yeah. you know we, we jokingly are a little frustrated and having fun at the him collecting these yellow cards um but it's worth the price having him out there in the field i mean i, I mean he just doesn't yeah. stop he I, just I, goes I really... his whole heart's out there so you know yeah. for good or for ill mm-hmm. so 
And he closes down the other team so fast. Yeah. And in such a way that the rest of the midfield doesn't have to move so much to to get where they need to be. It's amazing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what, um, you know, who, which one of the, uh, the scouts found him, but they definitely earned their money recommending (laughs) Martinez to, to come in here. Yeah, Absolutely. And anybody known as the sorcerer or the warlock, which is what El Brujo translates to, oh. you know, it's always going to get a little, little, nice. little extra love here. Yeah. All right. So those were the uh, the only other things here. I mean, did we have any particular new followers on Twitter that we wanted to call out? Um, no, not this week. Um, uh, and we but, did comment um... about the one, we, we, or we did mention the one comment we had on YouTube last week, I believe, where mm-hmm. somebody had, had posted, somebody you guys knew had posted about the uh, the handball defender handball and how you know he's mm-hmm. they talk they're trained to keep their hands back uh mm-hmm. from a very mm-hmm. young age which was awesome so if you have any if you feel like sharing any comments either uh on our uh website amorephillyunion.com you know all the podcast episodes are up there i believe you can make comments there or on our youtube page mm-hmm. uh, you can find us at amorephillyunion on youtube yep and, and we uh, we do uh um keep our eyes on you know the the various social media inputs youtube and twitter and whatnot so and you know we might squee a little bit when you know the philly hulk or uh, or philly union philly (laughs) hulk or uh, (laughs) philly soccer pages of different type you know retweet us and uh share our our, uh our our podcast it's it's pretty awesome yeah yeah i don't know if it's game recognizing game but it is fun so (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Thanks for the shout outs. So and, that said, we are also on Instagram at Amore Philly Union and Twitter at Amore Philly U. And you can get our podcast wherever you get yours. Hopefully we'll have an update for uh, Apple users soon, but everybody else, you can find us at Amore Philly Union on your, on your podcast feed. And thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it. And spread the word if you could. So, um, if you guys are, you know, anything else? All right. I'm good. Um, so signing off for this week, I'm Paul. I'm C. And I'm Eric. Go you. occurring to me that that uh, referees probably know how to swear in a lot of languages <laughs> <laughs>